Welcome to Conversations on Healthcare with Dr. Majid Siddiqui from Elmwood Immediate Care, 2949 Elmwood Avenue in Kenmore. Now, here's your host, Dr. Siddiqui. Today, folks, greeting from your buddy, Dr. Siddiqui, Dr. Majid Siddiqui, MD. No matter what life throws at you today, remember you have brain. That is what it takes to succeed. I hope today is filled with love and happiness. Stay positive. Your life is going to be lovely almost every day. Now, allow me to talk on brain today. You may ask me, what is the brain made of? Let me go with the anatomy a little later, but the physics of it. Brain weighs about three pounds in average. In adults, the brain is about 60% fat. The remaining 40% is a combination of water, protein, carbohydrates, and salts. The brain itself is not a muscle. It contains blood vessels and nerves, including neurons and glial cells. It assembles the messages in a way that has meaning for us. And we can store the information in our memory. The brain controls our thoughts, memory and speech, movement of arms and legs, and function of many organs within our body. The central nervous system is composed of brain and spinal cord. The brain is a part of central nervous system along with the spinal cord. There is also peripheral nervous system comprised of 31 pairs of spinal nerves that branch from the spinal cord and cranial nerves that branch from the brain. Now let's talk about some anatomy. With 80 to 100 billion nerve cells known as neurons in our brain are capable of some astonishing feats. Each neuron is connected to more than 1,000 other neurons, making the total number of connections in the brain around 60 trillion. T, trillion. That many connections. 60 trillion. Neurons are organized into patterns and networks within the brain and communicate with each other at incredible speeds. Each neuron is made of three main parts. Parts, the cell body, also known as soma, the axon, the tail part, and dendrites. If you look at the neuron microscopically, it looks like a star with a nucleus in there with a tail. So the star part is the body, and the fanning out of the rays are dendrites, and the tail portion is the axon. When neuron is at rest, the cell body or the soma of the neuron is negatively charged relative to the outside of the neuron. A neuron at rest has a negative charge of approximately minus 70 millivolts of electricity. Yes, folks, we have got electricity in our brain. However, when a stimulus comes along, like stubbing your toe or hearing your name being called, it causes the neuron to take in more positive ions, calcium ions with two plus, and the neuron becomes more positively charged. 
once neuron reaches certain threshold of approximately minus 55 millivolt and even known as an action potential occurs and causes the neuron to fire. The action potential travels down the axon where it reaches axon terminal. At the axon terminal, electrical signals are converted into chemical signals that travel between the neurons across a small gap called synapse. These chemicals are called neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters cross the synapse and attach the receptor on the dendrites of nearby neurons. Dendrites are branch-like projections that carry impulses received from neighboring neurons. So folks, the brain controls all functions of the body, interprets information from outside world. We have inner world in our body and there is what you experience is the outside world. Our bodies are independent in many ways and defines who we are as individual and how we experience the world. The brain receives information through our senses, sight, touch, taste, smell, and hearing. This information is processed in the brain, allowing us to give the meaning to the input of the brain it receives. You may be seeing something, folks, but the brain has to interpret what it is. I'm sitting before the sound engineer, Mr. Miller, and I can make out he's the same person. If my brain is not functioning, I will not be able to recognize his clothes or him. From each neuron, the neurotransmitters are stored in tiny spherical bags called synaptic vesicles in the ending of the tails of these cells called axon. These vesicles for storage and, and to cause the nerve stimulus, the stimulus causes the release from these endings. And the arrival of an action potential lead to opening of ion channel to let in calcium ions. The basic high school chemistry folks are, uh, that is calcium has got two plus there. These presynaptic proteins race around tagging and trapping others, causing the releasable synaptic vesicle to fuse with the membrane burst open and release the chemical messenger out of the nerve ending. This messenger then diffuses across 20 nanometer gap. One nanometer is a one millionth of a meter and that's called synaptic cleft. Synaptic vesicle reform when the members are, member, membranes are swallowed back into the nerve ending where they become refueled with neurotransmitter for subsequent regurgitation in a continuous recycling fashion. Once it gets to the other side, which happens amazingly quickly in less than a millisecond, it interacts with the specialized molecular structures called receptors in the membrane of the next neuron. Glial cells are also lurking all around the synaptic cleft. Some of these have miniature vacuum cleaners at the all the time ready called transporters which, whose job is to suck up the transmitter in the cleft. This clears the chemical messengers out of the way before the next action potential comes. Nothing is wasted in nature, folks. Nothing. These glial cells then process the transmitter and send it back to be stored in the storage vesicles of the nerve ending for future use. Look at the complexity in our brain at the very 
microscopic level, nanometers, that is making you what you are, how you are behaving in all kind of challenges. When the neuron is at rest, the neuron relatively is negatively charged, as I said earlier, to minus 70. When it comes with the positively charged ions getting in, it gets to minus 55 and the action potential is caused. Now, so far, the basic physiology and the anatomy. Now let's see what happens when this mechanism is somehow impaired. It causes seizures. As I said earlier, that the electricity in our brain is, has to go in a proper way. During a seizure, the person loses consciousness and may fall to the ground, become stiff and shake. Tonic-clonic shakes. When they come around, they may find they have bitten their tongue or wet their pants. They may be confused or sleepy afterwards. Many children are affected, but they may go on to have a very few attacks later in their life. For some, unfortunately, these can be every week or even every day. So what is going wrong? During seizures, there's an increase in the firing of action potentials by neurons called by a period of reduced excitability. We got on and off switch in the brain, folks. The cyclical process modulated by inhibitory GABA, gamma amino-butyric acid, and excitatory glutamate neurotransmitter, the brain's on and off switch. When the reduction in excitability is incomplete, the seizures may be triggered by uncontrolled recruitment of neighboring neuron, or it sets into grand mal epilepsy when hands, legs, and tongue get bitten, this shake, shake, shake that happens. With that situation, the people with epilepsy attacks may be provoked by why? Alcohol, folks, tiredness, missed meals, low blood glucose. This, if you see television and the flickering of television can cause set in the epilepsy, or if someone goes to discotty with the lights changing, it can lead into seizures. Now, the brain is comprised of two sides, uh, having cerebrum. The cerebrum is the largest and most recognizable part of the brain. It consists of gray matter on the top and the white matter underneath. The gray matter has got the neurons and the white matters are the cables coming out of those neurons. It's right-sided and left-sided, contains the lobes of brain. Frontal is the one behind your forehead. Parietal is above the temporal. Temporal is right behind your ears. And just above is the parietal lobes. And at the back, underneath the cerebrum is occipital lobes. The cerebellum, not cerebrum, is located under the cerebrum and is responsible for monitoring and regulating motor behaviors, especially automatic movements. This structure is also important for regulating posture and balance and suggested to be involved in learning and attention too. Continuity of the brain is called brainstem. The brainstem is located at the base of the brain. This area connects the top portion cerebrum and behind cerebellum 
to the spinal cord acting as a relay station for these areas. The brainstem regulates automatic movements such as sleep cycle, breathing, body temperature, digestion, coughing, and sneezing. All right, all right. I hope I made some sense before I start the real talk. Right brain versus left brain. The cerebrum is divided into two halves, the right and left hemisphere. The left hemisphere controls the right half of the body and the right hemisphere controls the left half of the body. The two hemispheres are connected by a thick band of neural fibers known as corpus callosum consisting about 200 million axons, 200 million cables connecting on to the other side. The corpus callosum allows two hemispheres to communicate and allows information being processed on one side of the brain to be shared by the other. The left hemisphere controls speech, comprehension, arithmetic, writing, and the right hemisphere controls creativity, spatial ability, artistic, and musical skill. My father, who died at the age of nearly 95, he retired as a judge, but he never retired in his life. He was all the time active. He used to give me the story that his teacher used to punish him, cane his hand, those English uh, school days, for writing with the left hand. And the logic given is left side, if you do that, it is demonic. It's the devil controlling you. So when dad was uh, little, the poor guy took all the punishment and started to write from the right hand. But I noticed that he, when he, he was to be watched, he was doing much of his work from the left hand, and especially playing tennis and uh, you know, doing some work. So making somebody do things that is not part of any demonic or devilish thing, but it is because the person has got dominant lobe. So right is supported by left lobe, the right side of the body, and the left side of the body by the right lobe. So that is what the problem is. Moreover, now my program has gained much interest on ingenious forum and on social media, WhatsApp. I found that some engineers were arguing among themselves about God. When we are talking Satan, we have to talk about God. One mechanical engineer said, God is clearly a mechanical engineer. Just look at the structure of the bones, how they are shaped to carry their loads without wasted weight, how the joint interlock to give free movements, how the muscles are optimally placed as actuators with best leverage. The second engineer, whose electrical engineer replied, but all that would do nothing without nerve impulses. A whole network carrying electrical signals with feedback loops to control it. And don't even get me started on the brain. God is obviously an electrical engineer. The third was my brother, who's a chemical engineer and petroleum engineer, said, thumping his chest with pride and claim, none of that would work without chemistry. 
The electrical signals get interpreted to make compounds that diffuse across the synapses. The muscles rely on proteins that contract. The bones get made by just the right mineral in just the right places. And the whole thing is powered by oxidation reaction with glucose. So, God is the greatest chemical engineer there ever was. The fourth software engineer defended his skill. We'd just be dumb animals. If it wasn't for our minds, God is a software engineer. The image processing and logarithms, the memory storage and retrieval, the decision-making logic, we even need to shut down every night and boot up again in the morning. Then the fifth one, a civil engineer could not hold his thought. Spoke up, you're all wrong. God is definitely a civil engineer. Why? Because blood vessels are like road network. All the other engineers said simultaneously, sarcastically. No. The fifth engineer, a civil engineer replied, because who else but a civil engineer would put a toxic waistline of urinary tract through a recreational area? God has to be a civil engineer. Now comes my son. My son is a chemist and pharmacist. He said, Dad, God is chemist and pharmacist. He continued, The full moon, do you think it makes people crazy? I know it does, son, working in mental hospital for quite some time. How come, Dad, I have seen with my patients too? I tried to explain it to him. Well, you think about it. The moon affects the tide of the oceans, right, son? Sure, it does, Dad, he replied. Has some sort of magnetic effect of the moon's gravity on our ocean's water? I'll buy that, Dad. Human brain, son, is over 50% water. No kidding, Dad. No kidding, son. You figure out, old moon, Mr. Moon can jerk the oceans around, think what it can do to the water in our brain. People with mental issues goes crazier. was George Harrison praising the almighty God. Now I come to an interaction with my nurse. What part of your brain controls your emotion? Asked my nurse. I replied the frontal lobes are the largest of the four lobes and are responsible for many different functions. The frontal lobes are considered our emotional control center and home to our personality. The cerebrum sits topmost part of the brain and is the source of intellectual activities. It holds your memories, allows you to plan, enables you to imagine and think. And what does the amygdala do? The amygdala is responsible for perception of emotions, nurse, such as anger fear and sadness as well as controlling of aggression. 
The amygdala helps to store memories of events and emotions so that an individual may be able to recognize similar events in the future. Then she continued, What happens if amygdala is damaged? Acquired amygdala damage reliably impairs fear, conditioning, and behavioral physiological responses to threats. What happens if amygdala is surgically removed? Well, nurse, studies have revealed that chemical and electrical stimulation of amygdala region accentuate aggressive behavior. Conversely, destruction of amygdala nucleus results in taming effect of normal anger and fearing response, responses. What emotions are caused by amygdala? Amygdala helps coordinate responses to things in your environment, especially those that trigger an emotional response. This structure plays an important role in fear and anger. How do I calm my amygdala? Wellness, practice stress reduction techniques such as meditation, deep breathing, and exercising. Work through the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, severe anxiety, or panic with a trained professional. You're listening to Conversations on Healthcare with Dr. Majid Siddiqui from Elmwood Immediate Care, 2949 Elmwood Avenue in Kenmore. Call 716-800-3040. Hometown WLVL, 1340 AM. For all your health care needs, trust Elmwood Immediate Care and Family Physicians. With 37 years of experience, Dr. Majid Siddiqui cares for patients of all ages. From pediatrics to geriatrics, you'll be seen by medical doctors with on-site state-of-the-art machinery for emergency or routine care. Located at 2949 Elmwood across from Kenmore Mercy, walk-ins are welcome, most insurance accepted. Payment options are available. Call 716-800-3040 for Elmwood Immediate Care and Family Physicians. Let's get back to Conversations on Healthcare with Dr. Majid Siddiqui from Elmwood Immediate Care in Kenmore. Once again, Dr. Siddiqui. That was Olivia Newton-John encouraging us to get some physical exercises. Not anything else, I assume. So how do you strengthen your amygdala? You can control over your brain's irrational emotional reactions. You can do this by slowing down, taking deep breaths, and refocusing your thoughts. These steps allows your brain frontal lobes to take over the irrational amygdala. By the way, folks, my wife and my daughter are gym junkies. They're all the time in the gym especially when it is announced that that gym close by to our home is closing. Anyway, my takeaway to the nurse who was questioning was as follows. The modern world is full of stress, but it is often caused by reaction to the events like natural disasters and strife, or even work, traffic, situations, arguments with family, with colleagues, the amygdala still responds to this stress as if it were a physical threat. However, you can prevent this amygdala 
hijack your body and your personality. You can gain control over your brain's irrational emotional reactions. You may ask, how do I do that? You can do this by slowing down, taking deep breaths, refocusing your thoughts. If you are standing, sit down. If you are sitting, lay down. These steps allow your brain frontal lobes to take over the irrational amygdala. When this appear, appears, you have control over your responses. You won't be left feeling regret or embarrassment at your behavior. You know, this is true to this day. Though written, documented, sayings of Prophet Muhammad recorded 1400 years ago. So, this is a really an advice to control your emotion and regret embarrassment at your behavior later on. Now, my younger sister, who's a computer whiz, who loves to travel with her husband all the time, went into caves. And then she was panicked, sought my advice on getting panicky. Panic attack is an intense episode of sudden fear that occurs when there is no apparent threat or danger. In some cases, you may mistake the symptoms of a panic attack with a heart attack. You might experience single panic attack or might have multiple panic attacks throughout your life. If left untreated, recurrent panic attacks, the fear of experiencing them may lead you to avoid other people or public places. Panic attack is quite common in the community, folks. This may be a sign that you have developed a panic disorder. What are the symptoms of a panic attack? Panic attack triggers your sympathetic nervous system, the nervous system that lie by the side of your spinal cord. This, this leads to the fight or flight response that you experience when faced with danger. A panic attack can occur and without warning, its symptoms may come on gradually and peak after about 10 minutes. They may include one or more of the following. Chest pain, difficulty swallowing, difficulty breathing, shortness of breath, hyperventilating, rapid heartbeat, feeling faint, hot flashes, chills, shaking, sweating, nausea, Butterfly in the stomach, they describe. Stomach pain, tingling or numbness, feeling death is imminent. Yeah, in panic attack. In some cases, you may develop an overwhelming fear of experiencing another panic attack. This may be a sign that you have developed a panic disorder. Panic attacks aren't life-threatening, folks, but the symptoms can be similar to those of the other life-threatening health conditions such as heart attack. If you experience symptoms of a panic attack, seek medical attention right away. It is important to rule out the possibility that you are actually having a heart attack. So who is at the risk of such panic attacks? A variety of factors can increase your chances of experiencing a panic attack. These include having a family history of panic attack. Yeah, family history is important. If your dad had that problem or mom had the problem, you are into it. Having a history of childhood abuse, working or living in a high-stress situation, 
experiencing a traumatic event such as serious car accident, undergoing a major life change such as having a baby, losing a loved one. Living with a mental health condition such as phobia or post-traumatic stress disorder can also raise your risk of panic attack. Is there a hormone of love? Ask one of my patients. Dr. Siddiqui, you got to give me the truth. Yes, I replied. It's called oxytocin. O-X-Y-T-O-C-I-N. Then this patient asked me, what increases oxytocin in the brain? Which stimulus is most likely to increase the oxytocin levels in a human brain? Well, you see, human studies have reported that high frequency of physical contact with a partner predicts elevated oxytocin plasma levels. Hugging, kissing, cuddling, and sexual intimacy can all trigger oxytocin production, which can strengthen bonds between adults and the children too. These effects have led oxytocin to be grouped with the other happy hormones. Hormones known to have a positive impact on mood and emotions. Oxytocin is a hormone that produced in the hypothalamus and released into the bloodstream by pituitary gland. Its main function is to facilitate childbirth, the most difficult task for any woman, which is one of the reasons it is called love drug or love hormone. Oxytocin both stimulates the muscles of the uterus to contract and boost the production of prostaglandins, which also increase uterine contractions. Women whose labor is slow to proceed are given oxytocin to speed up the process. Once the baby is born, oxytocin helps to move the milk from the ducts into the breast to the nipple and foster a bond between mom and the baby. Our bodies also produce oxytocin when we are excited by our sexual partner and when we fall in love. That's why oxytocin has earned the nickname love hormone or cuddle hormone. Yes, folks. What releases oxytocin and serotonin? According to studies, massage also boosts endorphin and oxytocin. Research found that the mas massage also increases the happy chemical called serotonin and dopamine, 
Well, my patient asked, can words trigger oxytocin, oxytocin Dr. Siddiqui? My partner talks too much. There are studies that show that the types of words that we use release neurochemicals in our brains. Certain positive words can release oxytocin and negatively associated words can release cortisol, a hormone of stress. So she continued, what blocks oxytocin? For example, oxytocin neurons are repressed by catecholamines, chemical which are released from adrenal gland. The gland is above our kidneys, a little teeny weeny gland, in response to many types of stress, including fright. Then comes the next question, which hormone causes emotional breakdown? Well, hormones like cortisol produce the adrenal produced by the adrenal gland, have ability to make us feel stressed out, folks. When people are stressed out, they will likely have higher levels of cortisol. This hormone impedes chemicals like dopamine and serotonin, the happy hormones, which help regulate the sound, mood, sleep, and digestion. So then naturally, the next question comes is, what is a sad hormone called? Production of serotonin, Serotonin is a hormone that affects your mood, appetite, sleep, lack of sunlight may lead to lower serotonin levels, which is linked to the feeling of depression. Seasonal affective disorder, folks, is a very interesting condition where people, say, living in uh, London, uh, my earlier part of the life I was in London, England, uh, United Kingdom, where the weather is always cloudy, raining, not much of a sun. People suffer from a sort of a depression, just the weather brings it on. You're listening to Conversations on Healthcare with Dr. Majid Siddiqui from Elmwood Immediate Care, 2949 Elmwood Avenue in Kenmore. Call 716-800-3040. Hometown WLVL, 1340 AM. For all your health care needs, trust Elmwood Immediate Care and Family Physicians. With 37 years of experience, Dr. Majid Siddiqui cares for patients of all ages, from pediatrics to geriatrics. You'll be seen by medical doctors with on-site state-of-the-art machinery for emergency or routine care. Located at 2949 Elmwood across from Kenmore Mercy, walk-ins are welcome, most insurance accepted. Payment options are available. Call 716-800-3040 for Elmwood Immediate Care and Family Physicians. Let's get back to Conversations on Healthcare with Dr. Majid Siddiqui from Elmwood Immediate Care in Kenmore. Once again, Dr. Siddiqui. Don't tell my heart, my aching, breaking heart. I just don't think you'd understand. And if you tell my heart, my aching, breaking heart, he might blow up and kill his man. Achy, breaky heart of Billy Ray Cyrus. Now let's talk about happiness, folks. Sadness brings everybody sad. The hormone responsible for happiness is endorphin, the happiness hormones that are associated with feeling of enchantment. Dopamine, which is produced when we feel satisfied, resulting in feeling happy, excited, and stimulated. Throughout our lives, our brains are constantly changing. Yeah. The ability of the brain to change is called plasticity by analogy with plasticine model whose internal components can be constantly reshaped. No, I understand. Not the brain as a whole, but the individual neurons can be modified for different reasons. 
Memories are central to our individuality. What each of us remember is different from what others remember, even of the situation we have been in together. Yet, in our distinct ways, all of us remember events, facts, emotional feeling and skills. Some for a short time, others for a lifetime. The brain has multiple memory systems with different characteristics and mediated by different neural neuronal networks. Depression and stress system over activity and excess of cortisol in the blood is seen in some chronic brain diseases. In particular, in severe depression, cortisol is overproduced and recent work suggests that hippocampus also shrinks in this condition. Brain part shrinks, folks. Such findings have led psychiatrists to think severe depression is a severe long-term stress. So don't be in a stress all the time. However, the patient can be markedly helped by blocking the production of action of cortisol, particularly those in whom classical antidepressant drug treatment do not work. Antidepressant drugs often help to normalize the overactive hippocampus pituitary adrenal axis. Okay, folks, every night we retire to our bedroom, right? Climb into the bed, drift off into the unconscious state of sleep. Yes, unconscious. Most of us sleep for about eight hours, which means we spend roughly third of our lives unconscious, part of it dreaming. If you try to avoid sleep, to use this precious time for other activities such as late night parties, or, or, or as they say in English, burning the midnight oil, cramming for exams, your body and brain will soon tell you that you shouldn't. We can stave it off for a while, but never for long. This sleep-wake cycle is one of a number of rhythmical activities of the body and brain. Why do we exist? What parts of the brain are involved? And how do they work? Folks, sleep deprivation. They did a study uh, in American Navy. The American teenager called Randy Gardner resolved to try and win the place in the Guinness Book of World Records by going without sleep for the longest period ever recorded. I suggest nobody, nobody, nobody tries this. His ambition was to last 264 hours without sleep. Okay, 264 divided by 24, that's 11 days without sleep at all. He did it. It was carefully controlled experiment supervised by doctors in the American Navy. Not one we recommend you to repeat, please. Amazingly, he survived well. His physical condition was not that deteriorated, but he developed inability to concentrate, lapses of memory, hallucination, daydreaming, but the body remained in good physical condition. After the experiment was over, he showed a small rebound, sleeping for nearly 15 hours at a stretch in the night and short extra period on succeeding night. This and many other similar experiments have convinced sleep researchers that it is primarily the brain, not the body, that really gains from sleep. Sleep during the first four hours of the night, perhaps it helps to reset things in the brain that a good time to do is necessary task. By analogy with ship in dry rock, uh, dock, sorry, when the brain is not processing sensory information or being vigilant and attentive or having control on our action, 
Research also suggests that sleep is the time when we consolidate what we have learned the day before, a very essential process in our memory, folks. is what happening when you go trying such crazy experiments now as the time is running out mr frank miller wants me to speed up genetic diseases doctors have long recognized and diagnosed brain disease according to the region affected for many diseases the name is a description of what appears to be wrong and the part of the brain involved often dressed up in latin or greek such as parietal apraxia the explosion of genetic information in the last 10 years folks have changed things completely for many inherited diseases the problem lies elsewhere some people inherit a problem with the fine control of movements that makes them increasingly unsteady, unsteady on the feet as the years go by called spinocerebellar ataxia a name that reflect classical history in the naming of diseases cerebellar ataxia we now know the precise gene defects that cause it many other condition can now be classified according to their cause and diagnostic genetic testing is now routine for patients suspected of sinocerebellar ataxia or other genetic condition the diagnosis can be made more quickly and much greater certainty than before we are gaining some very good knowledge in these condition now what happens if they're in central nervous system especially the axon part of it get inflamed multiple sclerosis you see so many people suffering from ms folks in the community it is characterized by repeated episodes of weakness numbness double vision or poor balance the last for a few weeks before recovery and apparently back to normal the cycle between the periods of illness and remission is a feature of the multiple sclerosis multiple sclerosis is caused by inflammation in the nervous system that flares up and then settles down again our immune system is designed to fight infections right caused by bacteria or viruses but our immune system get crazy like our army navy and air force goes crazy and start to kill the citizens of their own nation that's what happens so the immune system attacks the myelin sheath wrap around the neuron the do you see the wire cables they have got the uh, sheets over it so that the uh, short circuit doesn't happen there will be local area of inflammation that causes demyelination in time inflammation usually settles down the myelin is repaired and things return to normal for patients with severe ms Doctors believe that permanently dampening down certain parts of the immune system with drugs like azathioprine and beta interferon can be beneficial. Then we come to myasthenia gravis. The immune system can also attack the junction where the nerves connect the muscles, causing the disease called myasthenia gravis. Or the nerve as they emerge from the spinal cord, inflamed, resulting in a condition called Guillain-Barré syndrome. Now let me get to a case study that I have experienced. A mom of a very beautiful girl came to me requesting me to help her daughter. She said, "Dr. Siddiqui, Dr. Majid Siddiqui, 
I think a lot of psychopaths are just geniuses who drove so fast they lost the control of the car. I made out that she's trying to defend her daughter. At first, she continues, at first we didn't know that what was happening to our daughter. The daughter is named Sue. She had started well at the university, coped easily with the exams in her first year. Then she began to change. She became quiet and withdrawn when she was at home quite unlike her former outgoing self. She stopped seeing friends. Later we found she hadn't been going to classes either and was staying in bed all day. Then one day she told us she has received special message from television set saying that she had special powers and that the satellites were controlling her thoughts by telepathy. She laughed for no reason and she would cry. Obviously something is very wrong, Doc. She said that she could hear voices all around her who spoke about everything she did. To me, she was describing a case of schizophrenia, folk. She was hooked to marijuana, cannabis, which is getting so popular in my country, United States. And she started it at the age of nine, so she was 29. For 20 years, she has been on cannabis. Folks, in 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th century in Europe, such women were branded witches with the help of churches, sexually molested and even burned alive. And any such psychiatric patient was branded witch in collusion with the priest of those dark days of European history, folks. In this 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th century, schizophrenics were simply considered wicked, Individuals who were often in league with the devil in possession of magical powers and therefore potential dangers to the others in the community. Many faced capital punishment for witchcraft either by burning at the stake, hanging or beheading. Schizophrenia is a complex disorder involving dysregulation of multiple pathways in the pathophysiology I described to you earlier in my talk. Dopaminergic, glutaminergic, GABAminergic neurotransmitter systems are affected in schizophrenia and interactions between these receptors contribute to the pathophysiology of schizophrenia. These schizophrenics were never man-eater or they were never so aggressive. These patients are afraid of the others. They are paranoid. There is reduction in gray matter volume in schizophrenia, present not only in the temporal lobe but in the parietal lobes as well. Differences in the frontal lobes and hippocampus also seen potentially contributing to range of cognitive and memory impairment associated with this disease. In Sue's case, the cause of schizophrenia was dopamine, uh, dopamine is tied to hallucinations and delusion. That's because the brain areas that run on dopamine may become overactive by use of cannabis or marijuana due to prolonged use. Now, let me end my today's talk with uh, a little bit of joke. The Buffalo Theory of Beer. I live in second most populous city of New York State, 
one of my patients always argued with me whenever I tried to explain because this patient came back with liver function impairment lab report. He said, I respect you, your knowledge, Dr. Siddiqui, but here's my logic. Okay, I said, continue, sir. A herd of buffalo can move only as fast as the slowest buffalo. When the herd is hunted, it is the slowest and the weakest ones at the back that are killed first. This natural selection is good for the herd as a whole because the general speed and health of the whole group keeps improving by regular killing of the weakest members. In much the same way, the human brain can only operate as fast as the slowest brain cell. Excessive intake of alcohol is good. We all know kills brain cells, but naturally it attacks the slowest and the weakest brain cells first. Right, Doc Siddiqui? In this way, regular consumption of alcohol eliminates the weaker brain cells, making the brain a faster and more efficient machine. That's why you always feel smarter after a few beers, and that's why beer is so good for you, Dr. Siddiqui. Dr. Majid Siddiqui, you listen to me. You should be like me. This very patient of mine had a brush with the law the following evening, or rather earlier was of the morning. One call... The drunkard was zigzagging his way through the streets at 4 a.m. Two policemen in the car, waiting for such a catch, decided to approach him. One cop asked, Where are you going at this time of the night? I'm going to a lecture. A lecture? At this time of night? What about? yelled the cop, coming close to his face to smell alcohol. About the effects of alcohol, drugs on human body, officers, including on the brain, the damage caused by living reckless life, the degradation the free love and sex bring to a marriage, the ne negative impacts of all this on the central and peripheral nervous system, the dangers of life without God in your heart. The other policeman imp was impatient. Stop! Okay, 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 we get it. But who's giving such a lecture at this time of the night? My wife, as soon as I get home. Listeners, this patient of mine can justify anything and everything. He, he, he has a case to be a perverted genius. Last but not the least, a team of scientists from University of Texas and at Austin has developed this month an A artificial intelligence model that can read your thoughts. It's scary, folks. I'm not going to talk about that. If I get the opportunity, I'll talk sometime later. That's all for this Monday, folks. I see you every third Monday, same station, same place of Fox Radio, which has got 700 radio stations all over my country, United States. Lastly, a beautiful person deserves to have a beautiful day. Remember, you can't control other people's behaviors or outcomes of certain situations, but you can control your own attitude by using your brain. Get your inside world in order. The outer world won't bother you. You've been listening to Conversations on Healthcare with Dr. Majid Siddiqui from Elmwood Immediate Care, 2949 Elmwood Avenue in Kenmore. Call 716-800-3040. Hometown WLVL, 1340 AM.
For all your health care needs, trust Elmwood Immediate Care and Family Physicians. With 37 years of experience, Dr. Majid Siddiqui cares for patients of all ages. From pediatrics to geriatrics, you'll be seen by medical doctors with on-site state-of-the-art machinery for emergency or routine care. Located at 2949 Elmwood across from Kenmore Mercy, walk-ins are welcome, most insurance accepted. Payment options are available. Call 716-800-3040 for Elmwood Immediate Care and Family Physicians. 